Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So what we're going to do is we're going to look, level up this word, amen? We're going to level up this word, and we're going to get the understanding of the scripture of how to handle and overcome and win in difficulties. And that's what I know everybody in here wants to know. So we're going to look at it and it's going to impact your Lord. James 1, 4. James 1, 4. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be complete, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Everybody say patience. Wrong translation. That translation is, that's probably one of the softest words to use for this Greek word. Now, can you use patience? Yes, but it is the weakest translated word. And what I want you to have is the strongest translated word. And in the Greek language, it's hupomeno, hupomeno, which is endurance. Let endurance have her perfect. Everybody knows the term her? That's interesting, isn't it? And we'll get into that. And that's how level up is going to work because we're just not breaking down a, a, a scripture in the sense of, let me give you what this means. We're going to get in detail, get the deep understanding of what's going on here. All right. So it said what? Let patience or let endurance have her perfect work that you may be So we got to let endurance do something so that we may be everything we want, mature, complete, lacking nothing. Now I can tell you what, how to overcome difficulties, mature, complete, lacking nothing. Let's push out mature and complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. I don't have any difficulties but it adds mature and complete. Are are you guys hearing this? This is what the scripture is saying to you. Now, we're reading the Bible, but don't Christianize it. Life it. That was good. Like it. Life it. All right? Life it. And what that means is, is it can become life and affect your life in the area of abundant life if you receive it as life. If you listen with Christianese ears and listen with the religious heart, you're going to go out of here with nothing. But when you gather together, according to Jesus, he's here. When you gather together, he's here to impact your life now, ahorita. And what that means is, is you will never be the same. You will leave here different That's my expectation. That's my confession of faith. Every single time we meet together. Every single time. I've been doing this for years and years and years. And I believe it. Now I need you to believe it. So lean in. Amen? Lean in. Get your heart ready for this stuff. So hupomeno, endurance, means to abide under to endure courageously, it's time is included in it. 
time. So what it's saying is when you're looking at the word endurance, it's the ability to have this mindset, this, this process, power working in you that gives you the ability to go through life abiding under, hupo, abiding under a pressure so you have the, there's a pressure, but in this process of time, everybody say process of time. I don't want you to think this is quick. It's right away. I don't want you to be afraid of this either. I don't want you to look at it and go, time, you're putting time of pressure. I want you, we're going to look at this and go, bring it on, man. Bring it on. Because what you're going to recognize is this time of pressure where you are resilient and your life has this relentless attitude that I will continue to press forward. First and foremost, I cannot be crushed according to God and his word. I might feel the pressures, but I won't be crushed. Crushing is an end result. Pressure, whatever. Pressure is not dangerous. It's not scary and it shouldn't be. You should understand that everything that involves change has pressure. See, once we realize that, there are times when you're moving into something you're not used to, it's going to be pressure. When you're spending time with God that you never did before, and you called yourself Christian for years, but you never spent time first with God, now you are. Pressure, pressure. The, the alarm goes off earlier, pressure. You're, you're, you're making yourself, you're making yourself consciously, everybody say consciously, you're consciously saying, I need to spend time with God first. That's, don't tell me that's simple. It's not simple. And then we go into the area of the soul. Some of you already quit on that. But most of you are pressing in. But there is, again, the area where you're controlling, you're taking authority of this, the, your mind, your will, your emotions. The thing that's screwing up your life. I mean, this is the key to not have a screwed up life. Renewing the mind. Watching what's coming out of blessings and life or death and a curse. Come out of this. And you're realizing that I got to watch what I'm saying. So I need to make sure I'm saying better than I'm saying worse. And all of a sudden, there it is. Change. You're not used to consciously changing life. You're used to living subconsciously with no change. You pray for it. You wish for it. You cry for it. You fast for it. You praise the Lord for it. Ain't nothing going to happen. Why? Because change only changes when it's changed. Amen. You want change? Change. That simple, that easy. But you've got to recognize a responsibility what am I talking about? Am I talking church right now? No, I'm talking life. Everything you're dealing with in life is tied to what I'm teaching. This is life, not religion. This is life, not Christianese. That's why I don't like using the term Christian. I like to use the term, I'm a follower of Jesus. If you want to use Christian, sometimes I use it just because I did it for years. But the truth is that Christian, just the term is derogatory for most people. It was in the Bible, by the way. And now it's almost like a dirty word. 
but I don't care what people think about it. What I do want people to know is I'm not one of those. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. And, and what happens is you can't dictate the definition of that until you know how he walks. <laughs> I'm a little smarter than them. Just using a little more wisdom now. Because what are they going to, oh, you're a follower of Jesus. And what, what are they going to trash talk that? Because even evil people don't want to talk bad about Jesus. They'll talk bad about God. But when you put Jesus in the scene, I mean, I don't care what religion you are. You're like going, oh, yeah, Jesus. Even if you don't believe he's the son of God, you go, oh, he's a good man. He's a prophet. He's a good prophet. But uh, do you, are you guys hearing me? Yeah, I follow Jesus. What up? So, they, I mean, you can't trash talk Jesus. But if you want to find out who I am, look at what he does. That's what I strive for, to be more like him. Amen? To be more like him. That's your responsibility, everybody in here. All right? So we're, look, we're looking at this and going, okay, endurance is this process, this time. But also I'm restraining an attitude. Everybody say restrain. Oh, yeah, you got to restrain attitude because we want to we want to talk. We want to talk trash. We want to get mad. We want to we want people to know how sad or how bad or or whatever. We just want to. Ah! And and when you're walking in endurance, you got to learn something. You got to learn not to just let things fly out of your mouth because that'll start feeling the weight more. So for me to get rid of some weight, I've got to talk the right talk. And then I'll walk the right walk. What's coming out of my mouth? This isn't religious. This is proven. Especially like since, you know, my life, majority of my life was involved with sports. Not one, three. I played baseball, basketball, and football. Highest level, all three. That's what I did. Started with little kids, Pop Warner, little kids, little league. Basketball came a little later because we didn't really have a, you know, like a little league basketball or anything like that. But it came. Elementary school, junior high, high school. So it's all there. But one thing I noticed that the higher level you go, leveling up, the way you separate yourself from the norm is what you think and how you speak. 100%. You can't show me massive differences of any pro football team, pro basketball team, pro baseball team. Well, they won because this team was all average six foot three. This team didn't. That's why they're champ. You can't show me that when you go to that level, right? Right? We can go down to college. We can go down to high school. You know, you know, not lower levels, but higher levels of high school. You can see that. There's a process of what? You start separating those that can't believe. Oh, you can have the greatest arm. You can have the strongest body. But if you have the weakest mind, you don't, you don't go to the next level. You will lose the battle every time. Do you see what I'm talking about? I'm talking life, people. I'm talking life. You see it in the workplace. You see it in trades. It's all that attitude you carry. Do you believe? 
Do you believe? Well, then the speaking comes because if you go up, you know, you know, I'm going to give a proposal for working on this person's house. And here's my proposal. And and I really hope this works. And, you know, you know, when I do fix it, I hope it stays fixed. And you're going to get that job. You're going to get that job. Do you talk that way as a, a believer? Oh, you guys are getting spanked and you're all you're all perfect out there. It's for those guys out there live stream. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying, though? Isn't it? Now, when you hear this, do you like going, geez, this is, this is, yeah, that's just right. That's right. Because I'm taking out the religious concept of the word of God, but I'm teaching you 100% the word of God. Is this awesome? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So it says what? Let patience have her what? Perfect work. Well, what's the perfect work? The perfect work is the person, the position of maturity, teleos, maturity. It's, it's, it's also used in, a, in, a, in a, a term of labor, which is interesting. Because when you look at the Greek word patience or endurance, it's written in the, the feminine term, feminine tense, which is interesting. Faith is masculine. And I'll show you why this is so important. But a woman becomes pregnant, and no matter how much she wants to give birth to that child, she has to endure, right? So it says, let, let the endurance have its perfect work. So you'll be complete. That means literally made whole, spirit, soul, and body. I mean, it's, it's this position of you look at it in, in the terminology of perfect. I mean, this would probably be the closest picture of what the defining picture of perfection. It's just not one area. It's this complete area of, of such a secure person. All right. So it's, you're, you're in this place of maturity. You're at that level of uh, um, uh, labor's done. Completeness is your whole. Your spirit, soul, body, you're like this, you're, you're, you're complete in this. Lacking nothing is an amazing term because it literally means no lack. I like, the, I, I like this as well is because we're, I put this down, lacking nothing, it's literally a fixed position in place and time. So when you're talking about lacking nothing, it's, it's not talking about, you know, one day, it's literally saying right now. Right now, it's fixed. Now, this is important to understand, and why I'm starting off on this is because I'm trying to show you something of what endurance produces. The, the fruit of endurance produces this. This supernatural power operating you is going to end result something. Are you guys hearing? That's why it's so important to get hold of this. Get hold of what I'm saying. Another example is Hebrews 6.12. Do not become sluggish, lazy, lethargic. Do not become sluggish. Why does it say do not become sluggish? Because you can. That's how you read the scripture, people. You don't read the scripture to get through it. You read the scripture to learn. That's why when I come, to, this is how I do it. When I come to this place, I'll read, do not become sluggish. And then I'll say, okay, that means I can become sluggish. 
I can't become this person that's, that's slow and lethargic and, and I'm just, I'm just, there's no energy in me. I can become that. And then he says, do not. So that means I got to make a choice. Pretty easy now, isn't it? I'm starting to see stuff. Do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and endurance. Inherit the promises. Faith is this confident expectation, this belief that is that this is where I believe. I believe God's word. I expect God's word. I believe it. Okay, we know what faith is, right? Gosh, all right. Faith is also a verb. So it's a forward action, right? Pressing forward, right? Endurance, otherwise known as patience, is a feminine. Patience also, because it is feminine, is related to a, a, a woman that's in labor, or not labor, but in the process of birth, which is endurance. Now look at this. Through faith and patience, faith is that seed that enters into endurance. See, you can have faith and nothing's going to happen. But if you want to inherit, produce, receive, what? The promises, the covenant, all the things that you're, all the things that you're wanting to fix difficulties I just give you, I'm giving you the answer. This is level up right now. You just now heard that faith, this verb that's masculine, has to be connected with endurance, this feminine that's carrying this word. So faith interjects this truth. I believe, I believe. Endurance says, let's carry it now. Let's carry this thing. We got to bring this thing to full term. I want this to get hold of you. You're like going, Dude, I can use this. I can get, I can use this. I can start doing it. I can start operating it. And then seeing the results out on Monday. And then that's when you're like going, man, pastor's right. But it's not really I'm right, though I am right. It's the word is right. I'm just telling you what the word is. I'm sharing you what it's saying, what it's trying to get you to understand, revealing the information so that you can have what Jesus said he came to give us. Life and life more abundantly. <sighs> Are you with me now? All right. Verse 15, talking about Abraham. After Abraham endured, he received the promises. After Abraham endured, he received, it says patiently endured, but it's the same term. After Abraham operated in this position of challenge, operated in the position of, what was the pressure? You're 100 years old, you don't have any kids. Your wife's barren, she ain't had any kids, you can't have kids. Pressure, pressure, pressure. God's word says, I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. My name is, I've made you a father of many nations. I'm walking around talking about, I'm a father of many, many, many. And, I, and I'm, I'm, 
I'm looking around going, where, where is it at? Sarah is hearing it. Sarah is hearing. She's a mother of children, a mother, a mother's position of, of nothing in the natural agrees with that. There's your pressures. The word of God says, by the stripes, you were healed. You are healed. And you got the pressure of runny nose, the itchy throat, the chest, whatever. You got the pressures that are violating what the word of God says. What are you going to do? I tell you what most people do, sluggish and faint. But you're going to stand strong. You're going to start, listen, we ain't looking for you to start strong on open heart surgery. You start at the little things and build up your ability to stand in faith over everything. That's what I did years and years ago. I started with headache because the first thing I did with a headache, take aspirin. First thing. And so I started hearing teachings on God's covenant of health. So I thought, I'm going to start with headaches. Pretty soon, headaches had nothing over me anymore. I might have had, I might have had over, I can't count, I could say 20 years, maybe two headaches that tried to continue with me. No headaches. None. I mean, sometimes you guys can be a headache, but that's, that's not the same one. But you know what I'm saying? All right. It's, it's a good headache, all right? You're, you're pressing in. And then the second thing was allergies. I had the worst, the worst allergies. The worst. I, my eyes would swell up. I would always, I was like a faucet. You turn the faucet on, I was just running. That's how my throat, my nose were, my sinuses. And I mean, I hated when spring would come along. So I'm, that's, that's how my life was. And I'm hearing, I'm not having no headaches, but allergy season come around. And it happened when I was going to Tulsa, or not Tulsa, but Oklahoma, because the direction of God, God said, go. And on my way there, I was listening to actually a teaching on, on our covenant of health. And I said, God, there's no way. Oklahoma, that's like allergy city. I mean, everything about that is just flowers. And I mean, all I'm thinking about is I'm going to die out there in allergies. I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. And I said, I can't, I can't deal with this stuff anymore. I can't, I'm taking medicine all the time. I'm thinking this, I'm going, I can't be this way anymore. And so I'm hearing this teaching and ultimately I hear, do you believe it or not? And I realized that, you know what? I have to come to the same place I did with that headache. I gotta believe it, that I don't have to be this way anymore. And so on the drive there, I made a commitment and made a confession to God that I am free from allergies. I will not have any allergies. I will have no, I, I'm free from it. I'm healed. And that was it. Didn't even think about it again. Get there, summer. Dust starts happening flowers blooming everywhere. I mean, it's all over the place. And all of a sudden, I felt the symptoms, the same exact things. It's like it felt multiplied. 
and I'm about ready to go, gosh, this thing doesn't work. I was almost ready to say, just I don't have faith. I'm about ready to quit. Inside my spirit reminded me of my confession to God. And though I felt it, my eyes were starting to puff up, my itchy, I know what I'm going through. I said, no, this does not belong to me. I was already healed. And the symptoms literally subsided. I have not, from that day, not one time, dealt with allergy symptoms. Not from one time. Allergies healed. And you're thinking, wow, that's because I wasn't going to the extreme and going, oh, now I need faith. I started the small steps. What was that? It's common sense. You gotta crawl before you walk, you gotta walk before you run. It's a concept I've been taught growing up in sports. You've got to learn the small things first. You can't do anything great until all the small things are second nature. Once it's second nature, you're not thinking about it. If you have to think about it, you already got beat. It's, it's already done. The point is, is I still had that tenacity. And I can start naming down the list now to where we got to the place of all the specialists, the top-level specialists saying you can never have children, ever. I defeated headaches. I defeated allergies. I defeated my ear being busted where the specialist said you will not be able to hear maybe, maybe 8 10%, maybe, to where I hear perfectly because of a softball accident. I've fought my lion, I fought my bear, and now I stood before Goliath that says, you'll never have children. I said, you're going down, boy. Because my, that's, I, listen, I wasn't trying to build faith in open heart surgery. I built faith as my journey as a follower of Jesus allowed me to. And I continue to build, continue to build, continue to build. That's what I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to help a lot of you right now. Some of you have been Christians for years and years and years, and you've never done this. Well, start now. Yeah, but I've been a Christian. What does that mean? See, that's what I mean, that Christianese robs you from freedom. Well, what if people start seeing me like I'm a new Christian, but I've been a Christian? They've already seen you act that way anyway. Are you guys hearing me? I want you successful. And now I got two miracle boys. How does, how, how'd that happen? Because I take a whooping on headaches. That's how it happened. You're going to start? Start small things. Get ownership of them. Work your way up. You can take that example in every area of your life. Small things in time with God, small things on renewing your mind, small things on eating. Start the small things. Do the right small thing right. I want you all on that journey. I want you healed. I want you whole. I want you operating in what Jesus gave you already. Can you do that for me? You know, when we're looking at James and James is, is interesting because he's the half-brother of Jesus. 
Can you imagine that? Let's level up. Think about this. You're reading the book of James. I mean, he's mentioned in the book of Acts. He's mentioned in He's mentioned different places. Because, you know, of course you're going to mention James, the brother of Jesus. Why not? Uh, James doesn't even call himself an apostle. And he's like an elite apostle. Paul even went to see him in Jerusalem when he was now in, in this place of, of submitting to the authority. He goes to James. I mean, this is so cool about James. But you, could you imagine? Do what I do. James is the little brother of Jesus. My God. Do you ever think about stuff like this? Jesus is Jesus. Joseph, Jesus, can you do that for me? Yes, Dad. James is like going, dude, he's always doing everything right. How do I live up to him? They don't know he's son of God. Joseph isn't even in the concept of it, I'm sure. And here he is, you know, anything... We're all waking up at 6 a.m. and Jesus is up at 5.30. Everybody, dinner at, dinner at 6, Jesus is there, set the table, helped mom, and everybody comes dragging in late. Can you imagine that? Jesus is your older brother, and here you are. Have to follow that? You're going to have an attitude. Guess what the scripture says? They had an attitude against Jesus, his family, his, his, his brothers and sisters, four brothers, at least two sisters, because in the Greek, it said his sisters. So it's got to be at least two, right? Plural. Yeah. So he's got this, all these, these half brothers and sisters, but James, he's got to be the firstborn because the blessing comes on the firstborn. Now you might be saying, wait a minute, Jesus. No, Jesus is a different father. Joseph, James is firstborn. James is his position where he's seeing Jesus like, I mean, everything. Everything he does is like awesome. He's got the right attitude. He doesn't cuss. James is like going blank, blank, blank. And Jesus is like going, you know, whatever. Can you imagine? You guys don't even think that way. You need to think that way. That stuff was like, gosh. And the reason why it's important because now James is in this position. If you read Acts, it says Jesus sold himself to Peter. Jesus sold himself to, you know, 500. Jesus, and Jesus sold himself to James. He went straight to James. Can you imagine James? See, here I know his oldest brother went to the cross and died. He knows, he knows all about that. He knows his oldest brother was dead. He knows that. But now he's alive. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that when I was 10. I'm gotcha, Jesus, I didn't mean that when I was a... Can you imagine what he, his mindset? Now it's no longer this position of, you know, this battle between brothers. Now it's a position of, you're my Lord. And James saw it and said, you're my Lord. You are Lord. You're the son of God. And in that place, James took on a mantle of his own where he rose up at that point where in the beginning of the church, the first book written is James. It's the oldest book in the New Testament. James. James is the pastor at the church of Jerusalem. For four or five years, he's been imparting into this church. 
He's been teaching them about the words of Jesus. He's been teaching them about truth. He's been teaching about who God is. He's been teaching about grace. He's been teaching all these things. He's been coming against legalism, coming against the mindset of what they're used to hearing, because we're talking about the Jews, Jerusalem, all the Hebrews. So he's battling that, teaching that. People are getting set free. People are getting delivered. People are getting saved. All this is going on, literally hundreds and thousands. And James is pastoring this church. But all of a sudden, book of Acts chapter 7 comes along. And this man named Saul came on the scene. A guy that was aggressive, a guy that was relentless to do God's will. And his will was to kill Christians. And so Saul standing before Stephen. And we see this picture of Stephen being killed, martyred for the cause of Jesus. And Saul sitting there going, bam, there's another one. And scripture says that verse 8, chapter 8, that it scattered the Jews. Because there was a great persecution. Literally, we, the, the word literally means this great hunt was on. It's the word used for a hunter hunting a prey. And that's what Saul was. Saul was hunting his prey. He had all the religious guys hunting the prey of who? The Christians. We're going to kill and destroy every Christian. And this massive, massive attack on them spread them. And the scripture says when it says scattered, it literally means scattered in the winds. So they're all over the place. But what happens is James is the pastor of them. He's now getting questions. James, you taught this, this, and this, and we're going through hell right now. We're going through some pressures. We're going through this. We were prosperous, now we're poor. We were healthy, now we're not. I mean, we're, we're going in position where what, what happened to what we had? We were, we were, this was good. And now we've got things going wrong and things aren't the same. And this is what James is hearing these questions. And that's why we have a letter from James. See, I know there are questions you ask, the difficulties in your life. You're saying, I don't know what I've done wrong. Why is God allowing this? And this is what happened. They're asking this question. And James says, let no one say. And, in, and he uses the word double negative. Don't you ever, ever say that I am tempted by God. What happened? They were saying that, but in an interesting way. Because James says, let no one say when he is tempted of God, I am tempted of God. I am what? I am tempted of God. Now that word of is interesting. It's either going to be para or apo. Those are the two Defining terms for of. Para or apo. Para is a distant term. It's a term of, of, I mean, para is a close term. Excuse me. Para is a close, I see, I understand, I know term. And what it is, is it's something where 
you are making a comment about something because you have eyewitness. It is here. Proximity, it's right here. I, this is it. This is the issue. This is clear to me. Now, when it, terms, it, uses, it says, I am tempted of God, apo is distance, away. So you've got pada, which is a direct action, and an indirect action on apo. They might be thinking, what, is it? what does this have to do with anything? Everything. It helps you define this. See, what they weren't doing is they weren't doing this. God's tempting us. It's his fault. That's why we're losing. God's doing it. That's not them. They're doing what Christians do all the time. God's indirectly causing this Though it's not him, but he's allowing this stuff to take place in our lives. So it's God and everything works mysteriously with God. And God, you know, uses these things to teach us everything Christians say. And this contradicts all that filthy doctrine. 100%. Just this terminology. This is a little level up understanding. So now we have an understanding of where they're at. They're like going, all hell's going on. Is this because God's, we did something wrong? Is, is it because, you know, we don't think he's doing it, but is he doing it kind of? I know it's not him, but it's God. They're starting to do what? Fade back into Legalism, religion. And then James goes, I don't want you ever to say that God is indirectly causing this. As a matter of fact, God can't tempt anyone. Tempt, trial, test. Don't try to twist those words and go, well, be testing. No, he's not. That's the same Greek word. Don't be manipulated by Christianese or religious instruction. It is not God. God has already shown how he sees maturity or how people grow. He established how it's done. It's never by giving you cancer. It's never by running over your dog. It's never by causing a car wreck. That is not God. That is still kill and destroy. That is the devil. That is the world system. That is the evil in this society. It is is not God. And do not attribute the works of God to Satan. Because that's blasphemy. That's the definition of blasphemy. It's not a cuss word like you think. Oh, blasphemy. That's not blasphemy. Blasphemy is saying this. I got sickness. God gave it to me. That's blasphemy. There, you learned something new. Anybody learning anything? So he says what? Don't ever say it because God cannot be tempted, tested by evil. The, the, the word tempted by way is kakos. He's saying this. God never operates in a satanic way. Kakos is evil, harmful, destructive in action. You know what it's used by? It's used by the devil. 
in his temptations to Jesus. It's used by the religious in their temptations, their testing of Jesus. It's the same word. They, everything they're doing is they're trying to catch him, get him in a place to destroy him. You guys know the Bible, right? You know the Gospels? That's all they did. Test them, test them, test them. Jesus won every time. That's this word, people. And you're trying to say God's the one, God works this way? He says, oh no, don't ever say that, guys. Gals, he's saying, you guys don't say that stuff. Don't say that. It's wrong. Don't say it. What is he doing? He's answering a question. Is, is God indirectly doing this? And he's like going, no, don't go that way. God has nothing to do with this. This is how the world works. There's evil people out there. There's a devil. Everything about that's evil. You just need to know where you stand. You need to know your position. And he goes on to say, he goes, let me explain something to you. God doesn't do this. He doesn't tempt, test anyone. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. The word brethren is so cool because that's not a normal term that was used in that day. It's actually a term that Alexander the Great would use hundreds of years before this. It's very interesting, but this word literally means Alexander Great was like the greatest of, you know, this, this military mind. And he, he literally was king over all this Persia, this whole massive thing. Crazy guy, but he would bring his, his warriors together and say, these are my brothers. These are my brothers. But it meant so much to them because he was saying their comrades they will fight with me to the death. They will be with me. They will protect. We will watch over one another. That's what he was saying about that word. So here, Paul's saying this, my beloved brethren. He used that word to where like he's going, listen, I believe in you guys. We're in this together. I trust you. So they're hearing this. They're hearing, don't do that. Don't say that stuff. We're going, oh, we screwed up, Paul. We're talking trash. And then he says, beloved brethren, they're like going, okay, he still loves us. We're good. We're good. We're getting our, we're getting our, we're getting our doctrine fixed. We're getting our, what we believe, understanding fixed. And then he said, don't be deceived. Every good and perfect, oh, this is awesome. He says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Every what? Every good tello, which is end goal. It's profitable. End result is a good thing. Every perfect gift, I mean, every perfect gift is tello. It's completed and goal profitable. It adds to life and never robs from it. Adds to life. And if you're dealing with anything as far as in life and it's being destructed, let me ask you, sickness adding to your life? No. So this is elementary, level up. Anything that's robbing you or taking from your life, life is not God. Everything that what? Adds life, adds good to it is God. It doesn't rob, it adds. It's from, and it says, it's from above. Everybody say, it's from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights. Katabino means it's forcefully coming down. And it's not a one-time shot. It's a continuation. Notice what's being used. Father of lights, not like the shadows of this world or the shadow of turning. This is what it says. Let's read it. It says, and it comes out from the Father of lights with there's no variation. That means changes or different views 
or shadow of turning because that's from below. Up is God, light. What does light do? It reveals, it shows the perfect picture. It shows what it really is. What does a shadow do? Where does a shadow come from? Something blocking light. See, I block light. There's what? Shadow. He says, that's not God. God doesn't give you something where you're going, what is that? Is it God or not? That's not God. Everything extreme, pressing down forcefully is God with light. I don't work with shadows. What else do shadows do? They move. He just said, he don't move. What do shadows do? You guys, you know shadows move, right? I'm not trying to scare you. Stand out there for an hour and watch your shadow. It'll even dance. No, I'm just kidding. Run if it does. Do you guys hear what I'm saying though? Are you getting something? So what? God's light illuminates. It's shining bright. It's giving, there it is. I see it. That's what he wants you guys to know. He, he wants you to see it. Are you seeing anything this morning? Is it becoming bright to you? Because this is what it does. It brings us revealing. His word reveals. And then he goes in the beginning. James 1, 2. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse, multi-test temptations, trials. And we'll teach it next week. Okay? Father, thank you for your word. You are so awesome. We just, we love the light. We love the truth. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.